You are entering a space of thoughts and jokes, of echoes and analysis, a stopover from sense, a sojourn from sincerity, the cross-section between entertainment and bewilderment, a limitless void of laughter and curses from which few escape. You've just crossed the border into the spooky spot. Hello. And welcome to the Spooky Spot. It's a podcast about anthology shows. My name is Jess. <laughs> I'm Liz. And we remembered to introduce ourselves. <laughs> We're doing a good job so far. We're so good at this. We're the best. We're the best Twilight Zone podcast. <laughs> so today we watched episode... Twilight Zone. <laughs> the Twilight Zone. Holy shit. Imagine that. What a thinker. <laughs> what? What a concept. Yeah. I hate those local radio spots. <laughs> well, you're full of them, so. God, I am. So there's a local radio station, <laughs> dear listener, for anyone who doesn't know, who a local bank has a spot on, and all of their ads start with, what a concept. Have you heard that? It's I think it's for a bank. Have you heard that that recent one? When he's like, you know, some guy, no, some people just, you know, they have trouble with their mortgages. And, you know, we help them, but also, people also have trouble smelling mortgage, because they forget that silent T, and we don't have all these silent fees. And he's like, if you come help with us, and we'll help you with your mortgage, and also maybe you can spell better. And just, it just, <laughs> I botched it, but he just, he totally just kills everyone listening to this commercial. What the fuck? Yeah, he insults that they can't do their mortgage by themselves. And he insults their, their ability to read and spell. And I'm like, this isn't how you radio ad, sir. So A, I haven't heard that one, but B... Oh, you'll probably I hear it. F- I fully believe that that is that what a concept man. It sounds like his stupid voice, yeah. God. It's a very particular, very stupid voice. But yeah, continue. <laughs> Instead of tell you, you'll hear it eventually. It's a I'm new commercial. sure I will if I yeah. drive around enough. You have to drive around around 10 p.m. He's on a bunch. Okay. All right. <laughs> Oi. All right. So today in the Twilight Zone, uh, we I'm watched. In, I'm in the Twilight Zone right now? We're both in the Twilight Zone. Uh, me? Me? My cat? Me in the Twilight Zone? Never heard of it. It's more likely than you think. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so today, today in the Twilight Zone, we watched uh, season one, episode four, uh, the 16 millimeter shrine. So we open on a uh, a couple embracing, and one of them is uh, dressed as a nurse, and the other is dressed as, I guess, an officer, but he looks like fucking Robin Hood, because he's got a big hat with a feather in it. <laughs> That's how everyone dressed back then, obviously. I guess. I don't know what war that is supposed to be. It wouldn't have been of, like, you know... World War One. Before that, even. Yeah, probably. Before. Didn't, like, the cavalry always have feathers and shit? True, I guess. I'm yeah. thinking back to that. Yeah. I only know that it's supposed to be an officer's uniform, because later, when she sees the dude again, she's like, no, I expected you to show up in an officer's uniform. I know, I'm just kind of... Or a tuxedo, and why, blah, blah, blah. why did I just already know he was an officer? I mean, he's also got, like, some insignias on his collar that yeah. make, denotes him as an or officer. Or I think I've just maybe seen more stupid things with people dressed like that than you have, maybe. Probably. I don't know. I just assumed it was Robin Hood and a nurse, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is great. Uh, no. He's a dumb officer with a big feather in his hat. I'll watch this. So she's talking about how, you know, 
she has the sight from him for her eyes and a touch for her whole memory and blah, blah, blah. They're, they're parting ways. He's going to go fucking die in a war. Yeah. And she's going to heal people. Not. She'll never see him again. And we cut to a woman watching this scene in a dimly lit room. And she's got a, a cocktail and a projector running next to her. Goals. Same. The opening narration tells us that she is a former star, kind of past her prime, and her name is Barbara Jean Trenton. And I want to mention this exact quote from the narration because I think it's, it's, it's such a fucking metaphor. It's good. So, quote, Lying on the unhappy pavement, trying desperately to get the license number of fleeting fame. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, what a metaphor. Like, damn. Got in one. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed what damage fame does to a person, that it leaves them lying flat. Like, shit. But still, she's still looking for it. Yeah, she's seeking it to know what happened to her from something that did so much damage. Oh my god, it's so good. A plus. (laughs) Great writing. Love that rod. We've always loved that rod. Always loved that rod. Always loved that rod. Love that rod. So then we see uh, a maid with a tea tray knocking on the outside door to this room and she uh lets herself in she says she's got a little snack little snack little snack snack and uh <laughs> don't you want a snickety snack ma'am Susie miss you want a snickety snack same <laughs> god i re- i always love the lighting in this room when the projector is on because it's like the flickering yeah the flickering yeah. is it's so cool it's such a a nice mood it's a cool mood, man. Cool mood, man. <laughs> that sure is a mood, man. <laughs> sure is, man. Sure is, man. And so the maid calls out for uh, for Miss Trenton. She also Miss Trenton, even though everyone else in the episode calls her Barbie, which I love. <laughs> I love. I was. Uh. Just, uh. <laughs> I like always forget the Barbie is an actual name for a human yeah. being. Yeah. Yeah. I called her Babs in my notes always. Well, when was Barbie? brought forth into existence because that's when when the real names were stopped <laughs> true yeah well people still call their children barbara but yeah. you didn't call them barbie anymore mm. i don't remember when barbies came on the scene came on the scene came came, came on the hip young kids scene tm yeah 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 <laughs> i wa- must have been the 30s maybe no because this was the this was 59 yeah well she could still have that name. She was born before the 30s. I don't know when the doll happened, but, you know. That's not important! Hey! <laughs> hey! Throw me down a well. I... I need to know my random facts, Jess, okay? Understandable, I and need... some sometimes I can provide. <laughs> other, t- <laughs> other times I can't. I'm gonna ask you anyway. <laughs> is that not what the past 13 years has been based on, is you're gonna ask me anyway? <laughs> much there you go <laughs> when will liz stop talking who knows guess what liz will say next guess what liz will ask me i don't even know <laughs> liz doesn't know okay? liz doesn't know liz hasn't known since high school okay we knew each other before high school did you know in middle school the questions you would ask me yeah but i think i started getting noxious in high school with all the questions did i i don't know the, what, i don't remember what will liz say next started in high school yeah, but that was always when you were talking to other people who didn't anticipate what Yeah, you would it was say. a large group that would just, like, come around me. We were already drift compatible in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah. we didn't have this problem. Yeah. 
I knew what Liz would say next, more or less. It was the weirdest thing of just, you know, these upperclassmen, just, because we, well, we already knew them, kind yeah. of. But yeah. You knew them. Waiting for, I didn't fucking care who they waiting were. Waiting for the late bus, and they would just form around us and be like, what the fuck is she talking about? It's like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to keep coloring my hair with Sharpie that one time. <laughs> High school was a mistake. Um, <laughs> Honestly. So the maid calls out into the room. <laughs> She's calling out for Miss Trenton. And we see her drift out from, like, behind the screen. And she's kind of mimicking the... She the, totally is, yeah. The movement that her, her character is making on screen of kind of clutching at her her mouth and her neck as she looks off. And she says, all right, we'll put, put the tray down and leave. Yeah. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Rude. They're, like, the same age. Like, that maid isn't that much older than her. Yeah, it's hard to tell if she's blonde or just has white hair, but she's probably just blonde. Yeah, like, it's... Don't be rude to your maid. Well, she thinks she's, like, 20, so... Yeah. (laughs) 100%. She never, uh, grew up, uh... (laughs) Yeah. But then the doorbell rings, and we get to see the rest of this house. Giant. Which, this house, A, is huge, B... Looks like a fucking medieval church inside. Like, there's just a bunch of old stonework. And, like, Adam's family. (laughs) It is very Adam's family-esque. But it... Oh, God, yeah. It just... There's, like, buttresses. Like, it's Mm -hmm. fucking... This looks like the inside of a castle. Ridiculous stuff to have on your walls. But she's living in Hollywood, so it's completely stupid. I love it so much. It's wild. But, um, at the door is... Daniel Weiss, who is Barbara's agent. Danny. And Danny. <laughs> she's full transatlantic. Um, I love it. I, yeah, 100%. She could be more. She could be more. But I love it. But it's, oh, God. It's, transatlantic, like, fascinates me. Transatlantic Central. So Danny comes in and he's talking to Sally, who answered the door. Sally's concerned that Barbara is spending too much time watching the movies. Mm-hmm. And Danny's like, mm, Wow. Shocker. What a surprise. No one could have guessed. What a surprise. She's only doing that every time I come over here. So, uh... But isn't he like, oh, we'll get her out. It's okay. Yeah, he's like... Well, he's not a huge jerk. Yeah, he's not, <laughs> he's not a big jerk about it. He's like, uh, shocker, but, you know, we'll I'll get her out I'll of do it. what I can. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying because... <laughs> He's an agent, but he's also a friend. Yeah. Danny's good. Her only friend. Her only friend. <laughs> Let's just underline and bold that. <laughs> so Danny lets himself into the room as um, the movie Barbara's watching ends. And she turns on the lights with a switch on the table next to her. Yeah, honestly. Which I didn't know they had in, in 1959. They probably don't. Who the hell knows? Just, you know, future switch. Maybe it's, you know, Twilight Zone magic. That, that future magic. Maybe she's already, yeah, she's already living in the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Barbara tells Danny, alright, go fix yourself a drink. And Danny's like, um, it's 11 in the morning. As she's pouring a drink. <laughs> yeah, as she, she already got one in her hand. She's like, hey, go get yourself. She's like, so? <laughs> Which, same. <laughs> um... <laughs> So he's like, so it's 11 a.m. and it's beautiful out. And he like flings the blinds open and we see a nice mat. Well, she doesn't have blinds. She only has dramatic curtains. She's got dramatic <laughs> curtains. So he flings the dramatic curtains open and we see the nice. The window blankets. 
<laughs> we see the nice matte painting of the garden outside. Uh-huh. And he makes fun of her for hanging out in an air-conditioned room when it's 84 degrees outside. And it's like, don't make fun of her. <laughs> Fucking... Buddy, it's California. Buddy, it's, it's California. It's 84 degrees outside at 11 in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to stay inside <laughs> in the air conditioning. What the fuck are you talking about? And so he's like, all right, what movies were you watching? And she's like, I was watching A, a Farewell Without Tears. Mm. And he's like, from 1939. And she's like, I know it was 1939. Who were you? <laughs> Father Time. She's like, I was also watching A Night in Paris. And he's like, 1934. He's like, yeah. Which, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. And these dates aren't insignificant. These are when the... Motion Picture Production Association's, like, strict code was enforced. Which, do you know about that? Strict code for what? It's, like, colloquially called, like, the Hayes Code, where it was, um, strict censorship of what could be on film. So, like, nobody could be, like, evil. Like, literally, you couldn't have, like, an anti-hero. There couldn't be any... You know, nobody could have their titties out. Like nobody could Damn. do nobody could do drugs. Nobody could commit arson. Nobody could But you could shoot people. Probably. Sort of. You couldn't have any illegal drugs. A lot of this was like not like a lot of the censorship wasn't good. Like it was just stupid cuz it was to America. <laughs> basically, <laughs> some other parts of it were okay like you couldn't depict um cruelty to animals or children like that that part of the code i agree with but a lot of it was like nobody can kiss for longer than three seconds and it's oh stupid like no one could commit adultery like oh a lot of the production what were all these movies about then i don't know because so it started in like the 30s and it went up through like the early 60s but the enforcement was kind of you know, it waxed and waned, uh-huh. and by that I mean it started to really be enforced in the 30s, and by the time this came out in 1959, it had really waned. Like, people weren't doing it so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't enforcing it because movies were competing with te- A, television, and B, foreign films. So Hollywood was like, oh, if we make all like these super chased movies fucking nobody's gonna go see them because there's all these weird swedish films coming out you can't you can't really compete with the weird movies we can't compete with those if we're making these but it's it's a really fascinating time in hollywood because yeah like a lot of people consider pre-code to be golden age Mm -hmm. so originally when i watched this and i heard that she was making movies in the 30s i was like oh is she longing for pre-code Hollywood because I'm like that's a really interesting angle on what she's looking for no she wants that good good code she wants that nice chaste sentimental I wonder why the code's even there just because that's the the production studio started then well yeah it was the rise of like 20th Century Fox well it was the rise of like all those other guys Roman Catholic organizations being like "Mm, we don't like you know, smutty, smutty Hollywood, clean it up, guys. Make room for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> kind of make room for Jesus, yeah. 
Also, like, pre-code Hollywood, there was a lot of, like, titties out. Well? There was a lot of women with garter belts on and people walking around with guns, like... Well, bring that back, please. Thanks. I mean, we did. Like, (laughs) we got rid of the production. But did we really bring it back? There's plenty of women with their titties out now. Shout out to the women with their titties out, honestly. (laughs) Good for them. But I I thought this was, like, a really interesting kind of bend to her character that she she longed for like this this chase time of well, heavily censored movies that's when like this is when she complains about this yeah stuff. that they you know she longs for movies with sentiment because she doesn't like all the the wild rock and roll and actors in undershirts and whatever the fuck <laughs> so that's I thought about a lot of things with this. This episode mm-hmm. really made me think about a lot of things. Old Hollywood. It made me think about old <laughs> Hollywood. It made me think about the the changes in pop culture and the way that older actors are treated in Hollywood. I thought about a lot of stuff. I really liked this episode. It really made me think. Barbara's basically like, yeah, I watched these movies. She's like, hey, don't judge me for what I'm doing. Don't, don't knock what I'm doing. This is my coping mechanism. Thanks. This is my horrible coping mechanism. <laughs> Fuck off. And then he's like, no, no, yeah, but this is really unhealthy, though. <laughs> what you're doing is bad. So, hey, how about you come on with me down to uh, International Studios? I got you a part. We'll go hear what it's about. And she's like, what? Holy shit. Yeah, Perk- all right. Perks the fuck up. She perks the fuck up at the concept of being able to act again. And so they cross over into her study, which... Actually, I've always wanted to know how long it's been since she has acted. True. I Maybe 1934 was her last movie, and then yeah. she, got, she spent 25 years not acting. Yeah. Which would be wild. I, and then also, where's her money coming from? I, <laughs> she just bought that house and then never had to spend money on anything again. I don't know. She's got a, or, that servant lady. And she came with the house. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. Who knows? Royalties? I don't know. Yeah, that's all I can think of. I don't know how royalties work. Let's be real. Well, but, like, <laughs> I don't know how well they were back then. I don't know. Who knows? So, once again, we don't know how the protagonist of our episode has money. <laughs> Rod Sterling! Rod, how do they have money? Rod, I, like, I'm, I'm kind of okay with you dropping this and not, like, caring because it's not very important, but come on. Rod, where'd they get that money, though? Rod, where you get your money? <laughs> he got that Twilight Zone money. Within the first four episodes, not really. I don't know what he was doing before this. Presumably he was doing something God, to make some money. Why have we looked... There's a lot of things to do. We gotta look up Rod Sterling. We gotta know more about Rod. His early life. As creepy and weird as it might be. The, the early days of Rod. <laughs> <laughs> so they cross over into a, her study, which has... Like a sick-ass bar and a bunch of... dope fireplace. This dope fireplace and a bunch of pictures of her and her old co-stars. Which is only a little bit creepy. (laughs) She's talking about how she never used to get along with Marty Saul, who's the executive over at International Studios, where they're going to be. And he always called her difficult. I wonder why. (laughs) I'm going to talk about that later. I got some, some theories as to why he called her difficult. And so she's like, oh, man, I hope it's like a musical. And she dances around a little, swinging her dress around. She's like, or it's a wonderful love story. I'd love to play scenes like the ones I watched today. 
which she's got some damn high hopes about her acting <laughs> future. Yeah. Which is really sad because, like, she's not old is the thing, but she's an older woman, mm-hmm. which means she can never play a leading lady again because that's the way Hollywood works. <sighs> God. And you can see, like, a they show a brief shot of Danny and, like, Danny knows... Like, he knows what this part is that mm-hmm. she's going to be offered. Yeah. And he's like, mm. Let's go find out. <laughs> he's like, mm, you're not going to get those things, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so he's like, well, you know, you played parts like that when you were much younger. And we get this great, sad trombone sting. <laughs> it's like, whoa. And she's immediately pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, go to the devil. <laughs> Best line. Stone cold. No hesitation, just go to the devil. Fuck you. <laughs> Which is what she would say if they were being filmed today. Mm. And so Danny's like, hey, hey, come on, okay. Rude. <laughs> A, rude. B, go put on your war paint. It's been 25 years, let's get back in the game. Yeah. And so she's still like, alright. I can do this. I Yeah. <laughs> she's got some high hopes. So later at the at the studio, we see Marty Saul, who's a real old dude, executive type. <laughs> Literally, if you just thought of just an old dude in an office, you'd figure out what Marty looks like. Yeah, just think of an old executive man. That's him. With glasses. And so he talks into his little intercom, and he's like, all right, send him in. And Barbara and Danny come in. And Barbara's wearing, like, this fancy white dress, and she's got a... A veil. A veil on with a floral thing up in her hair and the veil is such a piece of fucking symbolism oh my god and so they're talking about the you know the part that she's going to play or danny hasn't told her about the part so marty's like okay well sit your ass down sit down (laughs) get ready for this raise the veil he says which geez this made (laughs) me think of have you ever seen that photo set of it's like an animated short of a kid talking to the Grinch. And he's like, you know, sir, I'd like you much better with my glasses off. And then he yeah. says, you put your glasses back on and face the facts. I love that so much. That's exactly what this is, except you lift your veil up and face the facts. God. <laughs> That's all I could think of in this scene. Classics of just talking about the Twilight Zone in terms of memes. <laughs> And so he's like, all right, well, you play a mother who's 40-ish, but she's still got it. And Barbara just goes off. Once again, instantly pissed. (laughs) She's like, vibrant as opposed to what? A corpse? A corpse is such a good line. She's like, I don't play mothers, and I'm not going to start now. And it's like, Barbara... Barbara, you're at the age of... Mothers. Of mothers. Like, she's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Entirely is the thing. Because women will get shunted off at, like, 35. Okay, you're gonna go play moms now. You don't get to be a, a leading lady anymore. Well, that's just... that's. You're not fuckable. I think of... Well, you know, OG, one of the best movies, Mean Girls. Um, You know how Amy Poehler was the mom? Mm-hmm. She was only, like, seven, nine years older than the girl Rachel McAdams playing her daughter. Right. 
And she's like, she'll, in interviews, she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, you, oh, what, you're 30? Time to go play moms. Yeah. And it's like, the fuck what? Yeah. So, like, Barbara's not wrong <laughs> in this, which is, that's why he called her difficult. I think is because she like demanded more of being an actress. Wait, God forbid you demand anything back then. God forbid you're a woman and you demand fucking anything. So you get called difficult. And you get no more jobs. And you get no more jobs. So. But also kudos to Rod for like recognizing this. Kudos to Rod for knowing this, (laughs) writing this, like good job. There's so much going on in this scene. And she's not wrong for not wanting to be shunted off to to being a mother. But there's also no reason that mothers have to be, like, stodgy corpses. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. No, so, all you get is the Leave it to Beaver mom, and that's it. <laughs> there was one mom. There's one mom. Only one mom. <laughs> Once she finds out it's a mom, she, like, folds the veil back down. A-plus costuming symbolism. And she's like, fuck this. And she tries to strum off. And Danny's like, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. He's trying. He's trying so hard. Danny's trying so hard. He's like, let's get the script and see what it's about. And she turns around and she goes, how about you get the script? (laughs) And you play the part. Because fuck this. And she leaves. Marty's like, okay, well... You know, how dare you fucking be picky? You're just some old broad who any part I give to is charity. Yeah. And he's a gross executive. And she's like, wow, I can't fucking believe this crude man is talking to me like this. Bye. And Danny, after she leaves, is like, hey, remind me when you're old and broken down to come kick you in the fucking teeth. So you know how this feels. <laughs> Danny, I love the way you're talking to him, but that's not going to happen because he's a white man who runs a studio. Like, he's, And he's already older than her. He's he's older than her. Like, He's <laughs> never going to be on his hands and knees waiting to get kicked in the face because that's not how Hollywood works yeah. for a, a man who runs a studio. Yeah. But you know. But all right, Danny. Danny's trying so hard. <laughs> Back at the house... Danny's like, alright, Barbara, you were right. Marty's a huge jerk. And she's like, Marty who? (laughs) Honestly, right to dramatics. That studio's dead to me. Marty's dead to me. I'm sick of movies without sentimentality. I hate actors in undershirts and rock and roll and jukeboxes, (laughs) which... James Dean, do not apply. Fuck James Dean. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, this becomes kids these days shakes fist awfully quickly. Yeah. This episode just oscillates between me really supporting her and me being being like, come on, Barbara, what the fuck? Get with it. And Danny's like, come on, you can't shut the world out like this. She's like, no, I'm going to draw the curtains. I'm going to lock the doors. Fuck everybody who isn't from 1934. Honestly. And she's like, if I wish hard enough, I can literally make the entire world go away and it can go back to being the 1930s, which, hey, the 1930s were bad, actually. Mm. It really sucked. It was bad. Except for rich white ladies in movies, I guess. I guess. I don't know. And even then, like, 
It was a bad time. Well, she's really good at ignoring things, so... Yeah, well, she's really good at romanticizing the past. Everything. Love that nostalgia. Hardcore nostalgia. Almost as much nostalgia as fucking Ready Player One or some shit. (laughs) Like, Why would you bring that up? I, okay. Why would you bring that up? I've been, like, voluntarily going out and seeking people dunking on that book. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Because as much as I, like, don't want to be a petty person sometimes, I can never get enough of people dunking on Ready Player One. (laughs) God. So she... Yeah, she's like Ready Player One, but for the 30s. Like, (laughs) she's so convinced it was so good. And so she's like, oh, let's throw a big party and invite all my my friends from the old days who I used to do movies with. And Danny's like, um, Barbara, Barbara, (laughs) what are you talking about? You ready for some uh, facts, Barbara? (laughs) One. One of them is dead. (laughs) One of them lives in Chicago. And one of them, I haven't seen for 15 years. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Barbara, come on. <laughs> so he tells her, you keep wishing for stuff that's dead. And he leaves. Understandably. Same. He Like, he's trying. He's trying so hard, but there comes a point where you gotta leave this one. Your friends need some cold hard truth sometimes. And you just stew on it. It's true. You just dunk them in the cold hard truth and then you go home. Yeah. So he dunks her in the cold, hard truth, and he leaves her, and she just locks the door behind him. So we come back from the the break, and Barbara's back at it again with a bad coping mechanism. <laughs> where she's watching her movies, and we see a young couple hanging out on a balcony. They're both very glamorous. And I didn't catch what the fuck this young man was saying as he walks away from young Barbara. But we see her, you know, imitating the movements that her young self on screen makes. And I I really love this woman's performance. Yeah. She's doing a very good job of just being a kind of unhinged woman mm-hmm. who's living in the past and won't move forward. The woman on screen kind of fluffs at her hair and we see old Barbara do the same thing. Danny comes by again and he's talking to, to Sally. And Sally's like... Yeah, she's not going to bed, like... She... I stopped trying. I... She's <laughs> really only staying in there and watching movies. I try to feed her, but she kind of... She's not nice. She... <laughs> mm, it's not good. And Sally says sometimes she walks in there and swears she sees Barbara up on the screen. Which is an odd thing to say, because Barbara is only watching her own movies. But also she's on the screen. Danny's like, all right, well, I got a surprise for her. Her old friend, Jerry Herndon. (laughs) Back at it again with the bad names. Rod! Rod. (laughs) Jerry Herndon is in town on business, and he thinks it'd be good for her to to see him. The friend from Chicago. The friend from Chicago. It'll give her a good dose of reality to see that, you know, another person has moved on with their life. Nope. Nope, absolutely fucking not. So he knocks on the the door of the movie room to tell her. And he's like, Barbara, come talk to me. <laughs> and she, um... No! <laughs> she gets up, she opens the door and talks to him, and we can see, like, her... The most disheveled she's been so far. Yeah, she's wearing, like, a bathrobe. Yeah. Like, her hair that was pinned up before is kind of fallen out. 
falling out of the pinning, not falling out of her head. Which would, mm. Mm, that'd be freaky if it was just falling out of her head. <laughs> God. And so Danny gets an eye full of her and she's like, well, you know, like the merchandise? And he's like, oh no, the merchandise is lovely. It just looks like it needs to sleep. <laughs> and she's like, mm. Whatever. Whatever. So she closes the door again and Danny's like, the Jerry's coming. <laughs> and she's like, what? Jerry. I Jer- love Jerry. Love that Jerry. <laughs> and so she's like, oh fuck, I look like shit. <laughs> Hold on. He's like, yeah, he's in town on business. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta go get cleaned up. Put my face on. And so we see her later and she she comes sweeping into her, her bar room study and she's all done up. She looks lovely, really. She does, but it is very done up for a visitor. It's true. It's super done up just for a guy coming by. she got some pearls. She's got a very lovely silk dress with a train. Yeah. It's got like a nice, there's like a pineapple on the back. It's a, it's an odd dress, but it's very pretty. She's wearing it very well. Yeah. A plus to her. But still, who puts that much effort into a friend visiting? So much effort. But she wants to look as good as she did back then. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. So she comes downstairs in this flowing gown and we can see, or no, we see her reacting to Jerry, who we don't get to see yet, but we get. Yeah. We get. We see like over his shoulder. Yeah. Her crestfallen face and another sad trombone sting mm-hmm. of just mwop mwop and she's like oh and then we see actual Jerry and he's old oh no oh no he's an old he's got fucking those thickest glasses he's got the thickest coke bottle glasses and the thinnest mustache thinnest dumbest mustache the thinnest pencil mustache and he's just like, oh, hello, Barbara. Yeah. Like, he's being perfectly polite, you know, for somebody you haven't seen in 25 years. And she's like, uh, oh. Yeah? Well, isn't it funny? I pictured you being young. And how you were in the movie. In the movies. <laughs> Why aren't you dressed like you were in the movies? <laughs> she's I like, cannot handle this. I thought we would do another picture together. And blah, blah, blah. And Jerry's like, oh, that, I gave that up with my youth. And it's like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. He didn't even try. Yeah. It's old people in Hollywood, man. Like, it's really hard for them. Well, the older guys did obviously have a better chance, but not Jerry, just because he does not look good. We're living right now in, like, a really good time for old men in Hollywood. Yeah. But, like... Old women are making a comeback. Yeah. But it's still taking a while. Old men are making a comeback, but like, man, if you were like over 50 in Hollywood for a long time, it's like, who the fuck are you? Get out. Yeah. Like, you're done. All I can think of is, uh, I just, I want to say the gay guy, but I can't remember his name. (laughs) You know, the gay guy. The, The one that people are like, he's not gay. And we're like, no, he's gay. Um. Was it not James Dean? Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando was by. He, he went very far. Yes. Even though with his age. He did stick around for a really long time. Yeah. He stuck around longer than he should have, actually. Well, that's the only one I can really think of that, like, you know. Yeah. Who uh, acted well into his old age. True. I can't think of anyone else at the moment. Why? I mean, we've got plenty of old men now, like Michael Caine or Liam Neeson, but, like, they weren't. 
I don't know if they were always actors like when they from when they were young like Marlon Brando was. Yeah. And they're them, all acting now. A lot of them weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Like acting was a second career. It's like a, like I said, this episode gave me a, it made me think a lot about older people and the way they're treated by Hollywood, older women and the way they're treated by Hollywood. I I thought a lot about this episode. Who's that actor? He was in Shawshank Redemption. Black guy who helped him get free. Oh, um, Morgan Freeman. Okay, so yeah, okay. I was watching an interview with Morgan Freeman one time. He was like mm-hmm. on a late show, which mm-hmm. I don't even know why. He looked like he wanted to be anywhere else in the entire world. And but kudos to him for even showing up. Yeah. But they were talking about his, you know, what he did before he acted, and he did a bunch of stuff. And it, like, it wasn't always acting, but it was show performance. Like he danced and everything at mm-hmm. like the World's Fair. And yeah, wow, he did a bunch of stuff. Shoutouts to Morgan Freeman. Yeah, so now that he needs fucking shoutouts from us, he doesn't know. Couple of nobodies. Uh, he's but, still acting, yeah. obviously. He's doing a lot of the, you know, just like the the simple comedy movies of like all the old guys get together and yeah, have, yeah, yeah. have some trouble. Bucket list and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's it's not obviously peak career, but he. He's just having a lot fun. of the old like it's just like a lot of the other older actors nowadays that they did not start acting young. Yeah. And it just kind of happened. So that's also like um, a guy on one of the podcasts I listened to. He's a he's doing like a lot of writing. He's living out in L.A. and he took some improv courses. And basically, at the end of the improv course, he was like, "So what do I do now?" And they're like, "Go do anything else. <laughs> Literally, go get any other fucking life experience, and then you can come back and do acting." Yeah. So like, don't fucking make your whole life about this. Yeah. Which, that's what Barbara has done, is she's made her whole life about this. We find out that Jerry owns a chain of supermarkets in Chicago. A supermarket? A supermarket, super yeah. He... <laughs> Shout out to whatever accent that is. Shout out to whatever he's doing there. He, I, he's doing a good job. And so she... She's like, I really thought you were going to be young. Why aren't you young? Why aren't you as you were 25 years ago? And sh- I've aged, but how dare you? I age, but I pretend I haven't. How dare you age? And so she's looking at the the portraits she has on the far wall and just... Completely ignoring him now. <laughs> yeah, it's... You're being real rude, Barbara. Like, I understand you're having a hard time, but don't... Don't be rude to poor Jerry, who came all the way out here from Chicago. Not that be rude. And so she's looking wistfully at these young portraits and wishing for the clock to turn back, and she just starts sobbing. (laughs) And, like, shout-outs to Jerry. He, like, goes and kind of pats her on the back and is like, okay, bye. Bye, Barbara. Yeah, because she yells, and she's like, I wanted you to be like it was then, or I wanted you to look like you were then. And he's like, oh, boy. And he's like, oh. So he understands, but he's like, okay. He knows when to leave. Yeah. (laughs) He's just like, okay, nice to see you. Bye. And then he fucking books it out of there, which, you know, good call, Jerry, frankly. Like, good good try. Danny's just kind of left there looking at her, gazing at, at the pictures. And then he leaves as well. And so in a daze, in a heavy nostalgia daze, Barbara just kind of wanders back into her dark movie room and she... Like, oh, why did I ever leave this room? (laughs) Why did I ever think that time moved forward and people would age and do different things? (laughs) 
she walks back into the room and she starts up the projector again. And there's young Jerry as he was in a tuxedo. And she's like, oh, Jerry, there you are. Oh, man, there is some weird old dude here earlier (laughs) claiming to be you. I don't know who he was. And so she's gazing lovingly at her young self and young Jerry on screen. And she keeps just repeating, oh, I wish I could join you. I wish, I wish, I wish. And the camera starts, camera gets all blurry. It's like, what, some fairy give you some weird boon? More or less, yeah. She (laughs) taps her heels together and really wishes to not have to deal with the passage of time or the changing of the industry that she's in or the way the industry treats her as she ages. And the camera gets all blurry and we fade away. So then her maid, Sally, is trying to bring her coffee, but she doesn't doesn't get an answer at the door. So Sally lets herself in. And the room is completely empty. When Sally gets in there. Well, first she has to dramatically enter the room and squint instead of turning the light on. She does let, well, because the only light switch is over on the table by the projector. Which is still so strange. It's just such a weird... It's such a weird mechanism that I guess they had. Or it wouldn't have been written into the story. I don't know. I don't know. So Sally's looking around and Barbara's not in her chair by the projector or the... The couch. The couch by the wall. So the room is ostensibly empty. And then she looks at the screen and she screams. Damn. She drops that tray and she screams. (laughs) And we, we don't get to see what she saw, but damn if she don't lose her shit. Yeah. And so then Danny arrives, because Danny's the only one who knows how to fucking handle anything. 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 How, do, how is this household run if not for Danny? Danny has to do everything. He doesn't even live there. He's the agent. We don't know anything about his life. He's going above and beyond. He's I'm, probably not even married just because he has to deal with her trick ass all the time. <laughs> I don't know if he has any other clients or if this is his one client. Oh, God. Who he has to deal with all the time. God. Danny's trying so hard. So Danny shows up and he immediately rushes over into the the movie room with the projector and he's talking to Sally. He's like, all right, have you, like... Looked for her? Looked for her? <laughs> like, is she in her room? And Sally's like, that's the first place I looked. And she's not in this room. She's not in that room. And Sally is very visibly spooked. <laughs> Sally's real spooked. And she's like, she's not anywhere. And fucking Lord knows she doesn't go anywhere else. Yeah. So if she's not in the house, she's nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so Danny's like... Okay. Okay, well, who who shut the projector off? And Sally's like, that was me. I shut it off and then I called you. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to turn it back on. And she's like, okay. <laughs> like, it's Sally, not, do- Sally does not want this projector to run again <laughs> from whatever she saw. It spooked her so bad. She doesn't want to see it again. But he, uh, he turns on the lights and he turns on the projector. And we see this movie begin. And it's the door, the main doors of the house... Like, the house that they're in, in the real world, but now they're on the movie. And they open, and a bunch of of guests enter the house. And there's the officer we saw in the beginning of the movie. There's like a couple of ladies in lovely white dresses. There's a real Lawrence of Arabia type. Like, it's just a some dude in Middle Eastern garb. Yeah. There's a couple of 
wasps in white sweaters, and they all kind of gather around the foot of the stairs. And this is Barbara's house on the movie, yeah. which as far as anyone else knew, like we've never seen movies take place in Barbara's house. So that's real spooky that yeah. there's a movie in her house now. And there's Barbara herself up on the movie, and she comes sweeping down the stairs in her... In the clothes she's wearing that day. Yeah, in her her lovely white dress we saw when she met Jerry. And she's like, oh... My friends. My friends, how lovely, how wonderful to see you. We'll be having dinner out by the pool, so everyone go out there and they'll... (laughs) Just fuck off. (laughs) Just, let's go. And so she goes, and then we see her take the arm of... Young Jerry. Young Jerry. Love that young Jerry. Can't get enough of him. And then Danny stands up and he's like, Uh, Barbie! Barbie! (laughs) Where you doing? Hey, Barbie, what? What the fuck? And we see her stop. As though she hears him. (laughs) And, uh, she turns around. And she's looking at Danny out of the screen. She's not looking at the camera. She's looking out like she can see out the screen down yeah. at him, which I thought was a, it's really good. Like, yeah. it's really effective. Yeah. It's so good. And so she just stares at him for a while and she's just like, mm, shame. <laughs> shame you live in the real world. Yeah. And he's like, I'm living my best <laughs> life in this camera. I love my best life in this weird pocket dimension I made myself where it's always 1933. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. And Danny's and now like, Danny's really freaked out. Danny's super freaked out, and he's like, uh, "Barbie, come back! Like, what the hell? You can't do this. You have to come back. What are you doing?" And she lifts her hands up to her ma- her hand up to her mouth, and she blows him a kiss, and she throws her scarf off the the bottom step. There, she turns back around. She takes Young Jerry's arm, and they they, they walk off screen. They walk off into the garden, which. The garden that you can see is also a painting, like mm-hmm. it always has been before, to the point that I didn't think that was, like, <laughs> supposed to be outside. I thought it was, like, a tapestry on her wall. Oh, no. But no, that's intended to be outside. We don't have good painted sets back here. No, no it's no. it's okay. They're trying. I'll, I'll give them a pass there. It's not the rock quarry, okay? It's true. We're not at the rock quarry. We're at the <laughs> the weird painted castle house. <laughs> Same. And so Danny's like, stop. Please come back. <laughs> Please? But she's gone, and the the movie ends. And he flops down in the chair, and Sally's completely despondent. She just wanders away, and they're both just like, what the fuck did we watch? Yeah. What is up? And eventually, Danny gets up, and he clicks the projector off, and he goes out into the, the foyer. Which I love how he doesn't ask while he's talking to her, like, how did this happen? He doesn't just, ask any questions. He goes right to, like, no, please don't. <laughs> he's just like... This isn't good. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. He's just like, no, please come back. Like, he immediately has an understanding that she willed herself into the movie. Yeah. And out in the, the foyer there, there's a scarf on the floor. Yeah. Speaking of psycho music, he played the detective in Psycho. (laughs) And he, uh, there's a scarf out on the floor and he picks it up and he just kind of sighs and goes, to wishes, Barbara, to the ones that come true. And then Rob comes in to bring us home and he's like, yeah, 
to those people who just wish themselves into a pocket dimension, who they just want so bad that they leave this plane of existence. Mm -hmm. And damn if that don't happen in the Twilight Zone. (laughs) And that's the end of the episode. He doesn't even, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't try to get her back. He knows she's not coming back. Yeah. Which, he he also knows he has no idea how to get her back. (laughs) So, my question is, does she live in the reel that's in the projector, or does she live in the screen that the film is projected onto? I think she's uh, in the real. Okay. Yeah. So then they just have to keep that real forever. But the thing is, if is she... And that's the tricky part, because now it's her house. So you keep saying she's in the movie, but there's no movie shot in her house that we know of. Mm-hmm. So now she's that's making her own movie. She's not in a weird, faraway set. She's now in a different movie. And so if you rewind the projector, will she still be around? Or will she just suddenly... The scene cuts away and it's her house. I don't know. That's what I think about. It was like, you know, if you take the projector, you restart from the beginning. It's the movie. Mm-hmm. Will she just kind of... Will it be old her playing the role? Because she wants to always play the role? Or will she just suddenly appear at the end? <laughs> I don't I think it's... I think it's old her playing the role. Yeah. Because she always wanted to play the role. It just, it just... It gets tricky. Yeah. This is a great episode. I love it. Yeah, I love like, it. Like, I... This is the first episode we've watched... That I 100% loved, because I thought about it for days after, like I said. It finally got spooky. If A, it's finally got spooky. B, it just gave me so much to think about. Like, I was thinking about production codes. I was thinking about treatment of women in Hollywood. I was thinking about treatment of old people in Hollywood. Treatment of old women in Hollywood. Like, was Barbara right to behave the way that she did, or was she wrong? Does the show portray her as sympathetic or unsympathetic? Was she right to long for this time, or should she have, you know, nut up or shut up? Like, move on with your fucking life. Is it, like, bad that she got her wish? No. You can make the case that it is, but, like, she should move on with her life the way that, like, Jerry did. Like, fucking accept that you're not the way you were. But I think that at one point, there's no more help for her, though. It's true, yeah. There's nothing. She has lived 25 years in this delusion. Like, there's nowhere else for her to go. Yeah. Which is incredibly sad. There's no more help for her. I think if she had more people in her life, instead of the maid and Jerry. Yeah. Not Jerry. Danny. Danny. Um, then it would be sadder, and I wouldn't want her to have this life, but since it's only those two people, and I'm like, sure, let her just fucking go off. Like, it, yeah, like you're not she, gonna convince her. She isolated herself. She doesn't have point. a big support group. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't feel too bad that she left this plane of existence. I guess. <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm sad that she... Well, yeah, it's, it's She willed herself away. But, uh... That I, she she ref- wanted to remain stagnant. Yeah. When you're so stubborn, you create a pocket dimension. <laughs> <laughs> stubborn enough to create a fucking pocket dimension. Same. <laughs> Honestly, same. Is that the episode title? <laughs> no, that'd give it away. What, same? <laughs> no, stubborn enough to create a pocket dimension. <laughs> no, I think it's back at it again at the bad coping mechanism. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. It's just it's such a good episode. Yeah. Like, if you gotta... Of the four episodes we've talked about so far, if you gotta watch one, watch 16mm Shrine. Yeah, it kind of, it definitely, out of the four, it shows you what Twilight Zone is about. 
Yeah. Instead of, you know, making a deal with the devil. Oh my gosh. No, it's not There's spooky. lots of making a deal with the devil. Yeah, but it's not, thing. that's not one of the spookier ones though. Yeah. If you want like that really makes you think. It's true. Make, make, <laughs> make you hashtag think about. <laughs> fucking life. Life and society and show business. Like, damn. Damn. This, this episode is why I've done this podcast now. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot to think about. Yeah. I, I thought about a lot. They can't see that. They can't, they can't see me just waving my okays around. Waving my okay fingers. Again? I don't remember, but damn if we ain't been doing... We wouldn't stop. We just never stopped just doing okay hands and waving them. We have to find out why we did that. I forget. It was from some kind of media we watched. I guess. But it's been a year at least. Maybe two. It's been like two. Yeah. yeah. We've been doing this a while. Shit. So we both love this episode. Mm-hmm. The end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when uh, I watched part of it before. I only saw the ending. So I didn't know the, the full impact. All right. Next week. So next week, uh, we will be watching season one, episode five, Walking Distance, in which an ad executive... <laughs> We're going to have to talk about why you're laughing about the phrase ad executive. <laughs> I'm going to go off next week. About ad executives. (laughs) An ad executive under pressure at his job visits his hometown, only to find himself returned to his childhood. I remember this episode. Oh, I've never seen it. I think I watched this one this past New Year's. I got to see it, where he, he literally fucking walks back in time or some shit. And, you know, goes back through his life. It's it's That's not the one... No. I think that's the same one. No, I'm thinking a different one with that guy, that really greedy business guy. He's like, I want a better life. And, he, and that lady devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's not that that was a That was a one hour one, which oh. I forget when that one is. They but... pop up here and there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We'll get to, that one's not for a while, though, but I remember this other one. I've never seen this, so. But we'll, all right, well, mm. we'll, we'll mm. watch that one next week. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Go off on some ad executives, though. Mm. True. Well, <laughs> that'll do it for us this week. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed, dear listener. Our, uh... One listener. <laughs> our, like, Listen. four or five listeners. Listen. I, lo- I love them. I love them all. Yes. Very much. I'll try to let my friends know about it, because I haven't. I let my friends know about it, and they enjoyed it. I'm not good at advertising. That's fine. <laughs> Listen. Listen. I started this because I wanted to talk I'm gonna to you. I'm going to end it. What? I started this because I wanted to talk to you. Like, You literally. like talking to me? What? I like talking to you. You like my weird opinions on things? What? I've been talking to you for 13 years? What? Uh, uh, this isn't even the first. This isn't even the first podcast you wanted to do with me. True. Yeah, another one. I just wanted to fucking talk with you. Yeah. There wasn't a a framing device of us reviewing a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were just gonna have a regular old review podcast of whatever the fuck. We we will still do that. Yeah. Sure. We could we, still do that. Yeah. Nobody's gonna stop. Stay tuned for. Nobody's gonna stop us. Nobody's gonna. <laughs> st- you can't stop me. <laughs> Dear listener, if you would like to stop me, you can... Um, I'll turn on my location and, uh... 
You can email into <laughs> spookyspotpod at gmail.com or tweet at us at the spooky spot on Twitter. The narration that you hear at the front of our episodes is done by my friend Tamara. You can find her on Twitter and Tumblr at Total Spiffage. And I think that's everything yeah. that people need to know. If you want to hear me talk more, but not with Liz. Oh. Uh, you can pimp out that other one. You can hear me on the podcast Loop and Lottery, which comes out every week with my friends Sean and Mark. And they're lovely. And I love them very much. And I do not know them. You don't know them? Nor do I watch Loop and Lottery. It's true. You don't watch <laughs> Loop in the Third. You would not like Loop in the Third. Well, there we go. I would not suggest it to you. Hmm. Cat, I swear to fucking God. <laughs> Um, there, yeah, there's a lot of things. That's that's why we're friends. You you have a good, a semi-good grasp on the things that I would not want to watch. Yeah. Unlike some other people. Well, they're like, yeah, I like it, you'll like it. And I'm like, get away from me. Nope. <laughs> Don't talk to me about that. Especially <laughs> animes. Isn't it, it's an anime, right? Yeah. Okay. It's an older anime. Yeah. There's some of them that I think you'd like, but not Yeah, I saw you post some pictures. For sure. <laughs> Some of them are very bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that's another podcast. If you want to hear 20 hours of people talking about an anime from the 70s, you 70s, can do 70s. that. 70s. I love Loop and Lottery very much. I'm going to do it for 10 years. 10,000 years. www.loopandlottery.com oh, no. Whoops. I just showed myself as a person who enjoys that one bit of Rick and Morty. God. <laughs> so I think that's everything. And then some. And then some. This credits got out of hand. Wonder who did that. Wonder who did that. It was me. <laughs> I'm still very bad at running a show. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Jess. I might be Liz. We'll see you next they week. they might be Giants. They might be <laughs> Stay spooky. <laughs> Much like they might be giants who are very spooky. Don't pimp they might be giants. They don't need it. Listen. <laughs> You're the one who brought it up. End the episode. <laughs>
Whenever you, whenever you let her hold a who's there, she she goes to the door and usually she lays it down. There we go. Okay. Okay. There we go. Hi, Chrissy. Right into the mic. There we go. Right into, right into the, mic. the mic. Not like we can hear you across the room or anything. Good girl. Right into the mic. She's all about you tonight. Hi. You just gotta pet it and let it go, I guess. Hi. Capri. Capri, no. Capri, come back up. Go. Back, 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 back. Go, go, go. Go lay down. Me, hello. Your mother. Go lay down. Go. Alright, okay. Hi, Capri. Capri, go lay down. Go. Go. You were doing so no. good. Don't get that ball. No. <laughs> Alright, you lay on those pants. Don't chew that bone, though. You chew that bone, we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> Capri, you're killing me. <laughs> Capri, this is so much editing. Capri, you're fucking killing me. <laughs> hey, you're killing me. Hey. <laughs> I'm dying right now. <laughs> what? I'm acting. Oh, she dying. looks so sad. Looks so sad. And I'm so She's sorry. Like, Why can't I chew the bone? Go over there. I'll lay down. I guess. I'm so sorry. She looks so sad. I'm so sorry. You're so sad. But Jess is dying, and I have to do this to you. But Jess is also dying. I don't know who he was. You're killing me. Capri, I'm dying. But what if I just burped right into the mic, Jess? <laughs> what if I just burped right into the mic? <laughs> you should... I have half a mind to tell you to keep that one, but okay. <laughs> I might. So Sally's looking around and... What if I just burped right into the mic? <laughs> Prissy, we're almost done. Prissy, I swear to fucking Christ. Oh, what if I just pet her? I don't know. She's still breathing. breathing. We breathe so much. What if I just burp right into the mic? <laughs> you should keep that just because you burp later. <laughs> no, because I can cut out my burping too. Everybody's no. burping can be cut Go. out. <coughs> we have like five minutes. Go away. We just have to do next week and credits, Capri. Prissy! Prissy! You're killing me. You're killing me. Prissy, I can't believe you killed your mom and you killed me. You're killing the podcast industry.